I am super, super excited to introduce to you our two speakers, Silas Woolard and Ty Widers. Come on up here, boys. Woo! I have had the amazing opportunity to work with them and then see them as they you know, prepare this sermon and practice and prepare, and it's just amazing. Um, like Silas said, he works at Chick-fil-A, so does Ty. So on weekdays, they're working in the Lord's restaurant, but on Sundays, they become pastors, and they are just going to do a, an amazing job and deliver a great word for you this morning, and I'm excited. So without further ado, take it away, boys. Morning Venture Church. All right. I'm going to start off our sermon today with a story about a time where I almost died. Right? So, as you know, I play football. And this specific year when we were playing, we decided to take a trip to a camp. Right? Full disclaimer, this camp is not fun. Right? But... In the middle of our trip, the coaching staff decided to take us to the pool. Now, the pool is about 20 meters long, right? And the short end is about three feet, so where I can stand, because I'm pretty short, right? And then the deep end is 15. But somewhere in the middle, the, there's a rope. And the rope separates the deep end from the short end. So right where the three feet is supposed to end, it gets... It drops really, really fast. But where the rope is supposed to keep the, um, the three feet end there, it's a little farther ahead. So anyway, now you got the visual. While we are done doing our workouts in the pool, our coaches decided to tell us to all go to the edge of the pool, right? We're already tentative, listening, ready for the next um, instructions that he tells us to do. So he tells us to get to the other end of the pool, and he tells us to run in the same direction. This is what we would call a whirlpool, where we all run the same direction, all 57 of us, and makes the center part of the pool start spinning, right? So he tells us to run, and of course, I'm eager because I like to run. So I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, and I'm ready. But right where that, that, um, that drop goes before the line is where I cannot stand. So as I'm running, I'm running, I'm ready, all of a sudden, my foot's doesn't touch the ground. And so I drop and I sink. And I'm at the bottom of the 15 foot pool. And I remember sitting there at the bottom thinking, man, this is where I'm gonna die. <laughs> There's no way I'm getting back up from out of here. But miraculously, my six foot four outside linebackers, glorious face, <laughs> reaches out his hand and picks me up and takes me to where I can stand. And to this day, we are very, very close friends. <laughs> Let's get the story right there. Am I good with the mic? Everything good? All right, perfect. So, I, that was a good story. Sinking. You made it out. Glad to see you here. But I also have a story about sinking deep and falling into something. So... Let's see. I think it was like two weeks ago, I went to my grandparents' house. This is in Wilson, North Carolina. I love my grandparents' house. So we drove up there. Um, when we get there, I took my bags out, you know, walked into my room, put the bags down, walked up to the front of the house, which is where the kitchen is. And my nanomom was probably cooking something. So I 
grab a snack and eat it. She's like, no, that's for dinner. And I'm like, I want some food. Driving's hard, you know? It's hard. So then after I get that snack, I walk out to my Popeye shed. He's got like a Western or like NASCAR on. I sit down. I'm like, go. Yeah, go Lightning McQueen. I don't know about NASCAR. But yeah, that's fine. But then I watch that. Then this is the time come. This is the best part. Favorite part about being there. I get to go fishing. And I don't only get to go fishing. I get to take the four-wheeler out fishing. Yeah, four-wheeler. So I go over. He's got a pegboard with all his arsenal of vehicle keys all lined up. And I'm like, there's the four-wheeler key. And I reach for it. It's not there. There's, where's, the, where's the four-wheeler key? Looking around. I go up to Papa. I'm like, hey, um, so where's the four-wheeler? And he's like, we sold it. I'm like, we sold it. I don't want it to be sold, man. I want a four-wheeler. But um, instead, I went to plan B. I've got a plan B. Always have a plan B. That's just a word of advice. Go up, grab the keys. These, these are special keys. These keys are for the golf cart. The golf cart, best golf cart out there, you know, it goes like five miles an hour all the way down. This thing can never get stuck in anything. It's amazing. Then it's time to fish. So I load up my two rods, my tackle box, myself. I got my music playing. Hit the road. Start driving, driving. Well, it's not really a road. It's like a path, like a kind of dirt path with grass on it. It's like a sewage line, but there's a creek there, and that's where I fish. So I get the first spot. I cast out there, catch like 37 fish, you know. I'm a good fisherman. I just catch them all, bringing them in, bringing them in. Then I get greedy because I want to catch more, and as a fisherman, you want to catch more fish. That's what you want to do. So I look down the creek, right, right, right down there, and I see it. It's the spot I need to go to, but I got to drive to it. So I get in the golf cart. Put everything back in it. I'm looking down. Beautiful, shimmering grass from the rain that had just happened. Start driving. Driving, driving. Then my back wheel starts spinning. I'm like, oh, this is weird. Just keep driving. And then the golf cart stops. And it won't move anymore. And I look back. My back wheels are stuck. And it's a crazy thing. So when it rains and there's a dirt, it turns into mud. It just, that's the crazy thing that happens. So I got stuck in that mud. And as the brilliant 16-year-old that I am, instead of like trying to push it out right away, I'm like, let's just put the gas on more because that's what you do and it goes out. That doesn't work that way. It doesn't do that. So instead of moving, I just buried the back end. And that's when I decided I'm a man. I don't need anybody to help me get this unstuck. I'm going to get out. I want to push it out because, you know, I'm Superman. I can do anything. So step out. <sighs> that thing weighed a lot more than I thought it did. <laughs> 45 minutes later, I'm knee deep in a mud pit that I've made. I'm covered head to toe in mud. The golf cart's covered in mud. There's, I can't do anything. So turn to my last resort. Pick out my phone. Doo, doo, doo. <laughs> Dad? Hey? Yeah? I need your help. I uh, got the golf cart stuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know how they had the four-wheeler that didn't get stuck? Well, they sold that. Yeah, isn't that convenient? I, I got it stuck, and I need your help. And I, I hung up right then. After, well, he said, I'm coming, obviously, because that's what dads do. They're like, yeah, come to help you, son. Then I go, and I go sit down in the golf cart in shame, start crying a little bit. I'm like, I wish I could just do it. I want to be strong. But then I see him down the woods. There's my dad strutting up like this. Like, there he is. That's the guy I know. He comes up, and when he comes up to me, he's like, Silas, do you see in the woods right there? I'm like, what? Is there a bear? What are you talking about? No, there was, there was this old fence, and old fences have planks, like wood. So he's like, this is what you need to do. Go get two of those for me. I'm like, what are you talking about? Why don't we need a fence right now? I'm stuck in mud. He says, go put them in the back tire. Like, go shove it underneath the back tire, both of them. I'm like, 
what are you talking about, Dad? It's not going to work. So I put it under there. He gets in, presses the gas. All it needed was a little bit of traction. That's all it needed. It just popped out of that hole. Just kept going. Because it was like where I got stuck, it, there was like a little bit of gravel right there. So I got on top of that gravel. This is, this is my favorite part of the story. Coming to the end, guys. You're almost there. So I get up. Driving around. We're going, you get off that little path and you get onto the real road, like where my grandparents' neighborhood is. They live up on a little bit of a hill. So you kind of drive up a hill. And I'm driving. And there's normally just our truck that we drove up there. And then two other cars. My grandma and my grandpa's car. But there happened to be a few more cars. And I was like, why are there so many cars there? So some of my more extended family was at the house. And they have a uh, carport outside their house. So there was like... 12 people out there just sitting there, and I'm driving up covered in mud. The golf cart's covered in mud. Dad's got mud up, of, up to his knees, and I'm like, they're going to see this. I was trying to hide this, and then I drive right up, and I'm like, yeah, that's what you think it is. I, got, I, I was just mudding in this four-wheel drive golf cart. Yeah, uh-huh, doing donuts out there. No, but then I was like, yeah, I got stuck, so I pulled in the backyard, and this is when my grandpa walked out, and he looked at me, and I was like, oh, and he was like, well, Looks you got, you got stuck. And I was like, sure you did. So that's when I learned a very important lesson. Never take a golf cart out to go fishing if it had just rained. But all this to say, <laughs> all this to say, we have some things we get stuck in and sink into. Some things are good, like a good song, a friendship, a relationship, your church family, your favorite sports team, a good book, your favorite food. Um, these things are good. But not everything is good, get, is good to get stuck in. Have you ever been stuck in line before or like stuck at work or in traffic, stuck in class? These things are inconvenient. There are also more serious things you can get stuck in. <clears throat> you see, we all sink into different things. Sometimes more temporary than others. Sometimes they're more serious. But we all struggle with different things that drag us down because it's inevitable, right? Maybe it's a bad mood, someone or something putting you into a state of stress, anxiety, depression. Maybe you can get stuck in a bad relationship, doubt, debt, and most definitely sin. You see, many of these things can make you feel like you're absolutely drowning, like you're submerged and you can't get out, like there's a weight strapped to your leg and you are physically not strong enough to swim back to the top. Here's the good news. You can sink and drown in lots of ways. Just like how my dad saved me from that mud pit and how Ty's giant old linebacker came and saved him out of the pool. We all fall into things. And all Jesus asks us to do is ask for his forgiveness. And he will show up and give you grace. Here's one place in scripture where Jesus pulls someone out of a bad situation. We'll be reading in Matthew 14 today starting in verse 22. Um, if you don't have a Bible with us today, we have some Bibles back there. Like, if you don't have a paper copy, just go grab one, put your name in the front. It's your Bible. It's a gift to us. We also will have it up there. We should have it up there on the, the screen. Yep, there it is. And also, no shame in using your phone. But yeah, and Ty's going to give us a little bit of background on that verse before we start. So while you're turning there. So, before our story starts, Jesus is on a mountain near the Sea of Galilee. And he's preaching to a multiple of people, right? But people started to get hungry, so... He got a little boy with his little lunch, and he decided to feed everyone. So he prayed over his little boy's lunchbox and started breaking bread. He just kept handing it out and handing it out, and miraculously it fed all 5,000 with more to spare. 
But while Jesus was shooing the crowd back away, he tells his disciples to go on a boat while he prays. All right, so we're going to be starting in verse 22, Matthew 14. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance away from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, crying out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when he climbed on the boat, the wind died down, and those that were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I want to break this passage down a little. Jesus' disciples were on a boat, and it says shortly before dawn, they, he walked to them on the lake. And the way Matthew says how Jesus walked on the lake is really funny to me. Like, everyone just walks on lakes all the time. Um, can I get a raise of hands on how many of y'all have walked on a lake recently? Wow. Okay, you, I want to talk to you after church because I want to learn how I can do that. That would be crazy, man. Um, then it says, when they saw him on the water, they were filled with fear. But Jesus told them immediately, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. This is another place I want to stop. Some of y'all know I like to fish. I said it in the story. And I am on water and on boats all the time. I've even been out there at night. And if I saw a grown man walking on the water in the ocean like over waves and stuff, and I just looked out and saw it, I would be terrified. But these are grown men that saw this, and they've been on the water their whole life. They've been fishing, they've been on the water their entire life, and they are terrified to see like a ghost, what they thought was a ghost, coming towards them. See, the next part I think is amazing. Peter says, if it is really you, Lord, then tell me to come on to the water. And then Jesus replies with a simple word, Come. Then Peter courageously and without a second thought steps onto the water and begins to walk, into, walk to Jesus. Then Peter starts to notice the waves and the wind and he began to be afraid. He began to sink. And sometimes the story makes me wonder how far did Peter get? Was he right in front of Jesus before he started to realize these things? Maybe he was maybe halfway. But either way, Peter then cries out, Lord, save me. And Jesus reaches out his hand to catch him and says, you of little faith. You see, just like Peter, we can get sidetracked by the rough raging seas around us, the difficulties we face. See, I like to think of these little difficulties as different pools that we can get stuck into. Maybe it's fear, doubt, anxiety, depression. But either way, all these different pools... And just like Peter, Jesus can take us out of those pools and take us out of that sticky situation and put us into better ones. I feel like this story really can relate to us in our lives. We often try to be the best and do everything we can by ourselves. But in reality, we all mess up and we sink into things. 
And all, he, all Jesus asks us to do is cry out to him. Lord, help me. Help me in this relationship. Help me through this depression, through this death in the family that's just been getting me down. Lord, help me at work because I really don't like some of my coworkers, but I know you tell me to love them anyway. Lord, help me stop being a jerk when I get on social media. Help me through this addiction that's just been tearing me and my family apart. Lord, help me. Just saying those three words, it's all you need. He will reach down and pull you out of what you have been sinking in. And he will help you sink deep into him because that's all he asked for, for you to give your all to him. Not just on Sunday, but at, at uh, your home, at work, everywhere you are. We all need to sink deep into the Father that has created us. See, in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus is informing his disciples about what is to come. And I deeply encourage you to read the entire chapter. But in verse 33, it specifically says, I have told you these things so that in me you may find peace. In this world you will have trouble, but I have overcome the world. You see, Jesus informs us that we are going to have difficulties and bad things in our lives. But we need not to be afraid or worry, because he has already overcome the world. See, we need to keep him in our sights. We need to stop thinking, sinking into these wrong pools and circumstances, because it's going to happen. But we need to find ourselves and get back into God's pool. You see, later we're going to sing, sing a song that's called Sinking Deep. And I'm going to tell you about some of God's pools. See, God's pools are like his grace that's relentless. His love that is perfect and never-ending. And that never fails. His peace that lasts forever. See, that's what we need to sink into. What we should want to sink you into sink into. Because he is always pursuing us, and all he asks of us is to give him our heart. Now this sounds great, but Silas, how can I sink into him? I try and it never works. My old habits just come back, and I can't make them go away. Well, have you ever learned something? The only way to learn something is to ask. And what better person to ask than one that is perfect? Prayer is a great way to start. Also, Asking someone who is strong in their faith is a good idea. We have our elders in the back. They would be glad to talk to you, pray with you, go out to lunch with you. We also have Perry, our youth minister. He's a great person to talk to. My dad, who is the preacher here. There's a lot of great people in this church. All you need to do is talk. And don't wait. If you have something in your heart, just get it out. Every week at Venture Church, we like to give a challenge. And I'm going to give you a challenge this week so that if you face difficulties or adversity, I want you and I encourage you to read John chapter 16, verse 33. And let it remind you that you're going to face adversities. But once you face these adversities and you read this chapter, and I want you to realize that God's going to give you a second chance. He's going to give you his grace and that he's bigger than every one of your last problems. As I said, don't wait. If you have something on your heart today, the best thing to do is let it out and dive headfirst into God's amazing grace. Like, we could baptize you today. Like, the ocean's over there. If you're ready, just come talk to one of those people I talked to. And just We can baptize you in the ocean. That would be amazing. Because it doesn't matter how many times we mess up. He's there to grab our hand and pull us out of our mess. 
And just like in the story with my dad, I told at the start, God will walk a mile into the woods and get down in the mud to help us out of a sticky situation. Let's pray. Dear God, um, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you that we were able, me and Ty, to have this sermon. I pray that we can take some things from this sermon, that we can learn to dive deep into your grace and your love. Um, I pray that the rest of this service goes well. No more little bugs creep in and make the sub sound crazy. Um, I pray that we also, just everyone here, has a good rest of their day. And that we have a safe drive back after church. In Jesus' name, amen.